Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Let me tell you, this has been, sometimes I have a lot of fun on uh, X, formerly Twitter. And today's one of those days, ladies and gentlemen. If you're not following at Mark Reardon KFTK, it all started with oh um, our own Kim St. Ange this morning who tweeted out this ridiculous mass mandate in the city of St. Louis. Not for people who lived in St. Louis, but for city employees. And then the uh, the governor's office got involved and called Tish and said, hey, um, that's not really legal. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed Oopsie. to do that right now. So then the new... Um, The new memo came out from Tish this afternoon that said, Dear employees, the city of St. Louis Department of Health is updating its communications with employees. The department now recommends masking indoors. It doesn't say mandates because that's what they tried to do. So the whole thing was just silly. They they love it. It's a religion to them, this masking, and they can't help themselves. So we've been doing a lot of stuff on Twitter with people who aren't very smart. And my point earlier today was, and there is a part of me that, that really... I don't really want this to happen, but I kind of want it to happen. Like, if they would try to expand this into public areas or if Sam Page, King Page did something, there would be a revolt. And and I can guarantee you a couple of things. Somebody tweeted at me saying, oh, you would follow the mask mandates. Oh, no, I would not. Uh, There is no situation. If my employer required me to get income, I might wear a mask because we had to a little bit. I don't anticipate that. But there's not a chance in hell, ladies and gentlemen, that me or many of you would ever wear a mask in a store, in a restaurant. If they don't want your business, they don't want your business. That's fine. But I'm never, ever in my life going to do that again. And I think many of you won't because they got it so wrong. So then I get rocket scientists like this who reply, like, um, I don't even know if I need to mention the names. Why do doctors wear masks then? Are you going to cry over seatbelt laws too? I had to help um, Dr. Megan Green, the president of the Board of Aldermen, with some of this earlier. Doctors and dentists wear masks because they're not particularly fond of saliva and blood shooting into their mouths. Okay, So there's a significant difference there. On the seatbelt question, excellent question. Pretty easy. Seatbelts work. Seatbelts actually save lives. They work. There's, there's no doubt that seatbelts work. Masks, eh, they don't work. So there you go. Unbelievable, the activity today. But check out the uh, the X feed at Mark Reardon KFTK. Sue, we have a very special guest in the studio with us. 
this evening, which is awesome when we have people drop by in person. The state treasurer, Vivek Malik, is with us, the first person of color to hold that statewide office or any statewide office. Originally from India, his story is amazing, but we're going to get updates on some of the things that the office does this afternoon. Vivek, how are you? I am doing great. Thank you, Mark, and uh, thank you to all our listeners. Great to see you in person. I always like to just because I think it's, it is a great story, and, and we've told it before just in synopsis form. Your great American story that kind of brought you here to this country, to Missouri, and to this office in Jefferson City. I came in pursuit of higher education, and uh, America was the choice of place to come for that. I came to the United States back in 2002 to pursue my master's in business administration at Southeast Missouri State University in Cape Girardeau. That time I came only with $300 in my pocket, two suitcases, and from there I went on to get a law degree at University of Illinois. And just as any American put my head down, worked hard worked. during the last right. 18 years, was in practice of law, helped thousands of people. And uh, through that, my hard work was recognized, and I got an opportunity to serve when Governor Parson appointed me to the SEMA Board of Governors. And uh, I served on the board for three years when this opportunity came open and applied for that, was interviewed, and was picked to serve as the 40th state treasurer of the state of Missouri. Now, you will run for election this year in November, correct? Uh, in August is the primary. Oh, and I forgot yes. about the primary. Yeah, I should mention that. Right. Yes. So the primary first and then um, general election in November. So, obviously, you're, you're liking the gig. You're running for election. One thing that comes up, this concerns me because I, I want people to be informed— we love your story. I think anyone informed is going to say, Vivek Malik, oh, my God, what a great story. Uh, we're going to vote for him. But there is, there are people that see your name or they, they may see it's a person of color. Unfortunately, this does happen, might decide that's not someone they vote for. Have you thought about that or what would you say about that? Because it's a real thing. There's, there's no doubt that that could have an effect if someone's not educated on who you are. How do you counter that? I, when I came to this country and when I took the oath of uh, citizenship in this country, these issues have never been a point of contention That's for good, me. That's good, though. That's awesome. And I have always been colorblind. That was the first issue I took up at SEMA as well when they took up, uh, when they were promoting uh, staff and faculty. There was a column that talked about ethnicity. And my first question uh, at the board uh, meeting was, do you get any extra points from being a from being a certain ethnicity? And the answer was no. And then I said, "Why then we have this uh, column here?" That's a good question, right? And I said, "I." Uh, and then we took up that motion right away, uh, without having uh, that uh, thing on the agenda, and we uh, deleted that column. That we do you know we, we are Americans. I think we need to get away from this hyphenation: African American, Asian American. Uh, white Americans, brown Americans. I, I, I think yes. once you are an American, you are an American. And this is what I liked about what Ronald Reagan said. This is the only country that gives you that opportunity to be an American from wherever you come from this world. Once you are an American, you are an American. And I think we need to stop using these hyphenations. You, you said something that caught my ear when you said the oath of you know citizenship, because I, I mentioned this a couple of times last year. One game, I was at Bush Stadium during a Cardinals game, and there were a bunch of people lined up before the game taking the oath of citizenship. And there, there wasn't a person in that damn stadium that wasn't proud of that and inspired, and they loved it. But there seems to be a, a big challenge on the part of the American left and in the legacy media to separate 
a great story like yours with legal immigration and what's happening in our border currently. And that's a traversity and that's a tragedy what we have on our southern border. I think this does not give any incentive for people to do it legally. When somebody like me who came to this country legally as an international student worked hard and it took me 16 years to obtain my citizenship, and today you just just can cross the border yeah. from southern Mexico, from Mexico into the southern border, and, and within five years you can be a U.S. citizen. I think what is the incentive for somebody to do it legally? I know. that That's part of the problem. Well, let's talk a little bit about the state treasurer's office and some of the things that you have done. The... Um, the Mobux program, and I don't know enough about what happened this week, so we're going to count on you to explain this, but I do remember seeing something in our local paper that said that there was high demand that prompted you and your office from stopping taking small business loan applications because it was sort of overwhelmed. So what really happened there? I don't really trust the local paper. i got to go to you and find out what <laughs> sure, happened. Sure. So what happened is uh, Mobux program has been in place for almost 40 years. It has been. It was started by Treasurer Wendell Bailey back in 1984. First treasurer I ever covered, by the way, Wendell Bailey. <laughs> great man. Great, yeah. great man. I, I admire him very much for the things he did. Is he still around, by the yes, way? Yes, yes. Oh, I wow. had a great meeting with him about a couple of months ago. Oh, that's nice. Plane, so... Uh, um, so uh, so it has been of interest for a lot of years, but uh, since our interest rates were low historically for a long period of time, Mobux was not that actively pursued. But last couple of years, since the interest rates started shooting up, uh, Mobux became more relevant. And uh, last year, uh, we saw uh, quite an upsurge in the Mobux applications, but our aggregate cap in, in the Mobux program is $800 million dollars. It was never hit. This year, we hit, hit right that away. cap back, back in May of 2023. Wow. So uh, we had some uh, uh, loans that matured. We, we had that money come back in. So we had about $125 million, and we decided to reopen the Mobux application process starting January 2nd. Uh, and January 2nd at 10 a.m., we opened the portal to accept applications. And believe it or not, within six hours, all hundred and $25 million, approximately about that amount of time, amount of money gone in applications. Now, that was after, wow. and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was after you reduced the maximum from $10 million to $5 million to give more opportunities That's for businesses, correct, right? To stretch the dollar so right. that more, more businesses can take advantage of that. But we received 142 qualified applications, 96 applications for small businesses, 39 applications for ag businesses, and about six applications for affordable housing. And, and that uh, that all money was called for. The, the interest rates are lower, which is the appeal here. Are there any other conditions that are put on the loans? Uh, so the interest rates, how it works is uh, the interest rates is dropped by about 30% on those loans. So it is not the beneficiary who makes the application, the loanee that makes the application. The banks make that application to us. So if you are a, a small business, you will go to your bank, you ask for, let's say, a $100,000 loan. The bank approves the loan, but the interest rate is 9%. The bank, in turn, makes an application for more bucks. Oh, okay. We put in a CD for that amount with the bank at a lower rate of return for us, like a percent or percent and a half, whereas the market rate for a CD is about 5%. Right, right, right. right. So that difference of 3.5% is transferred over to the beneficiary loanee, and thereby their uh, rate of interest drops from 9% to 5.5%. So is this then, you know, I'm not very smart, but I'm going to ask this. So does that mean, is the demand then higher in their ability, your ability to do this more because interest rates have gone up and you get that CD rate? 
That is correct. Absolutely. Yeah, that's interesting. Yes. Uh, and uh, I also did a fall tour of about 44 counties across rural Missouri uh, to uh, to advocate for this program, to re-educate folks about this program. So I met with chamber folks, banks, uh, uh, county officials, and uh, kind of re-educated on this program. We don't have a marketing budget, so I was the marketing person for this program across the state. And I think that generated a lot of interest. In so people. you're asking, um, look, there's a lot of things that government does that I would certainly question, but this seems to be a pretty good program. And you're asking the legislature to increase the limit. It's now $800 million to $1.2 billion. Uh, is that realistic? Uh, yes, because this is the money we manage in our office. This is the state's money that we manage. It's right now about $17 billion, and this is the money. Uh, parts of the money that we invest, a, a portion of that money also goes into MOBUX. This is not an appropriations that we are asking from the budget of the state. This is the money that we have. We would like that money to be put in the bucket of the MOBUX so that we can help more uh, so it's businesses. not new taxpayer dollars no, that they're no, saying, no, okay, we're going to give no. this to your office. That makes a difference. That's yes, big. No, so, it is not a money that we are asking for. But that is something that has to clear the legislature. And it's yes, not something the governor can do. That is correct. Okay. So it has to go through the legislature to get that appropriation for us to use the money that is with the state treasurer's office to put it in a certain, uh, in a different investment bucket, which is in the CDs with the banks. It's called linked deposits. And, uh, uh, and that way we will be able to help more businesses, small business across the state and more uh, farmers across the state, especially in these high times of inflation and, and uh, high interest rates. Absolutely. Vivek Malik is here. He's the state treasurer of Missouri. What is the, I mean, you have to obviously keep track of default rates and things like that as far as getting the money back. Are there challenges there or not? No, because it is a CD for us. We are, our, our dealings are with banks. We uh, The the um, uh, the deposit is for five years, but it's a CD which is renewable every year. So it is a little complex process to work through, but but our dealing is with banks, uh, and I'm very proud to say in last 37 years or so, there has not been even a single default on these loans. That's impressive. All right, so there's another program the state has, which uh, we're talking about Mobux there, but it's MOSERS, and I want you to explain that acronym and then what you're kind of hoping for there, because there's obviously some issues related to China there, right? Yeah, so MOSERS is the board, which is basically the Missouri State Employees uh, Retirement System, and uh, I sit on the MOSERS board as an ex-officio member, a voting ex-officio member, and uh, Mosher's uh, last year has divested from uh, issue on based on issues like ESG, and mm-hmm. this year, as things have evolved with China, how the Chinese economy has been performing, uh, what the threats we are facing, uh, having China as an adversary, uh, I took uh, it upon myself to make a motion to the board to to divest from China, which is a wise thing because, as I talked in my previous interview with you, when I took office, I. Uh, I said my policy statement in the office will be three P's. The first will be to protect taxpayers' dollars, and which also extends to protecting the retirees' money. And I want to make sure that 140,000 of our retirees existing and all retired personnel, their money is safeguarded, so they, they, they get the best rate of the return on, on their retirements. And part of that was to make sure that we are not investing anything in China because and my decision was based completely on statistics and numbers. Over the last 15 years or so, we have seen uh, not a rate of return on the investment in China when we talk about emerging markets. So any investment in the emerging markets with China has been has not been doing any good than uh, investment in right. emerging markets without China. 
So I said, why are we still investing in that? When so we is that final then? Did the board agree? Yes, we have okay. agreed and this was passed and we have started the divestment process from China. And nice. now nice. I have also urged other a retirement system across the state to do the same. What else is going on that you want to communicate here with the audience in the state treasurer's office? So uh, our legislative uh, priorities this uh, uh, session will be to make sure that there are, there are a couple, few China, China divestment bills, uh, and I will be supporting those concepts as they come along, depending on what uh, stance they are taking. And apart from that, our main effort will be on these two bills that have been uh, already presented to the legislature, one in Senate, one in the House, to increase the MOBUX capacity to uh, 1.2 billion, getting an additional infusion of 400 million so that we can help these economic engines of our state, the small businesses and the farmers. Well, Vivek Malik is the uh, state treasurer of Missouri. Thank you for coming in and sharing some of this. Are you ready? You know, this is a uh, politics is a different game. You know, I've been exposed to it for decades now. It's a blood sport, as they say. A couple of times people have asked me over the years, would you like to maybe run for this? I'm like, hell no, I can't ask people for money, which is a tough part. I asked this and I set it up this way because it's different to, to campaign and right. You have to ask people for money. Are you ready for that? And what dynamics are you are you concerned about there? I I I have no concern at this point. I think uh, it's it's a it needs to be a healthy competition, and it's all about competition. And I think the best person should get it because as long as you have the best interest of people in heart at heart, and you are there to do the right thing, uh, you should not be fearful. Yeah, but of see, sometimes for me, this is just my gut. All right, so I don't I don't know you very well. We've met a few times, but it seems like you're someone who wants to do the right thing, and you want to run this office and you're doing a job. There are ladder climbers in politics too, and I don't know. I'm not going to discount your um, possibility of getting to the governor's office or something, but usually a lot of state lawmakers stuff they get into these races because they're looking for that next opportunity, right? Not necessarily to do the job. My goal when I got into this thing was looking for the next generation, my kids. And the the American dream that I have lived in this country, the second phase of my life of last 22 years, and looking back, I, ha- I have everything. I, I, all I can say is the gratitude I have the op- for the opportunities I received in this country. And I want to make sure that those opportunities exist for the next generation. And the next generation is also grateful for those opportunities and for them to realize what they have. As I tell my kids every day that you do not understand that what you have being born in this country, that you have already yep. won a lottery yep. ticket. Oh, man. You're standing yep, right. on the third base. And for that, for them to understand that, it needs to come from a different, different perspective. And I bring that different perspective coming as an immigrant to this country and making it happen with my hard work, uh, uh, my, my perseverance and, and that grit. Matt, you're so right about that. You think that resonates with the kids? Uh, I, uh, that's what you we keep are trying on them, every though, day. Right? You have yeah. to, you have to drill it down every day so that they realize and ground it on this. It's such a great man. Like, I, I was very um, advantaged because my ex-wife works for WashU, so my kids got to go to Mizzou for free because of that. They could have gone to WashU. They, they're my brain, so they weren't smart enough to get into WashU. But I bring it up because with both boys who are now out of college, they're twenty-seven, about to be twenty-seven, and twenty-four. I had the uh, the golden ticket speech to them. I said, look. You're going to graduate from college, and you're not going to have any debt. That You have no idea how important that is. And I framed it around some of the messaging that you just addressed about America and yes. you know the potential to, to really move forward. 
Uh, and I think that those are so important messages. And I think a lot of us feel, Vivek, and I, I know that you're exposed to this a lot, there's so many young people in this country that don't have that appreciation for what this country is about, right? And I would tell you, Mark, I, I mean, you tell me which other place you can go on this planet and say, I can achieve whatever I want Yeah, rhetorical to. question. There's Ex- no place. No place. There's no place. Exactly. Thank and you for coming these in. people need to understand. Absolutely. Vivek, it's great to see you. And we also cleared up because I, I started real early in making it a goal for me to pronounce the other Vivek's name correctly, Ramaswamy. I said, because it was Vivek for a long time. But I also thought that you were Vivek and he was Vivek, but your your name is pronounced correctly Vivek, like cake, right? That's correct. So I know that now and I appreciate that. What do you think of Ramaswamy, by the way? Well, uh, Ramaswamy, I, I think the grass, grassroots work that he's doing to uh, to create that dialogue for people to understand where this country needs to be. I think I, I that's think, great. So, I, you know, that's I've got some point. issues with him a little bit, uh, but I've grown to like him the more I've got to know him. And I bring it up because this is like the Vivek Hour on 97.1 FM Talk. I have, a couple of days ago I used for this segment, I have Audio Cut of the Day. It comes up here at the end of the show. And I used Vivek, and Sue, you know this, it was this great exchange with this Washington Post reporter who was challenging him on white supremacy. And he just laid this reporter out. Well, then an NBC reporter tries to go back to the well on that topic, and he, it was mic drop. He just slayed her, and I'm going to play some of that audio coming up because he does a good job. He's a little bit more aggressive maybe than than your messaging, but he's a smart guy, and um, I like the messaging. But Vivek, great to see you. Thank you so much for coming in. Come see us anytime. Thank you, We love the effort to to make it in the studio in person, so that's appreciated. And thank you, and Happy New Year to all of you. You too, too. Uh, We're coming back with Dan Buffett. We'll lighten it up a little bit here in the last segment talking movies. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Well, I have that aforementioned audio cut of the day, so you're going to love this follow-up to the first exchange that Vivek Malik, I'm sorry, Vivek Ramaswamy, I'm getting my Viveks uh, mixed up, Ramaswamy had with the Washington Post reporter from a few days ago. The follow-up interview on NBC is just gold, and we're going to have that here before the end of the hour. But first and foremost, my dear friend Dan Buffa in the studio with us this afternoon. Yay. Buffa on movies. He used to do our regular Fridays. Then he uh, retired from this show, but he still does <laughs> movie stuff. It just got busy with your schedule, and you got other gigs and stuff. And I get that, but it's great to see you, Buffa. How are you? Well, thanks for having me on. This is great. I love being on the radio. 
and I'll talking to movies. But yeah, I think it was about time to kind of rejoin the airwaves and discuss what we're doing. We're showing classic films at the Gallery of Six Cinemas. So Ooh. last year, January, we showed The Sting. And then we kind of. I just, remember you talking about yeah, that. We, so yeah. good. Well, we played it by month because, you know, we work with Mark Zimmerman, who's kind of a local film fan. But we he put on a lot of older, older movies. So mm-hmm. when he kind of wanted to depart after this year or last year, he put on Batman Returns in December, the Keaton film. And Ooh. that did really well. So we're going to yeah. kind of start showing, you know, movies more like in the 80s and the 90s, okay. All right. ones that we kind of grew up with. So next week, January 11th, and I think on Saturday and Sunday, the fine, we're going to show the thing. Okay, I got a clip here. John Carpenter. John Carpenter. You know, shamefully, Sue, I think you were starting to say, I've never seen this movie. Yeah, I haven't. <laughs> it's been a long time. And I'm going to make people feel old. This is the year I was born. 82. Oh, oh my god. 82. The year so, I graduated high school, basically. Okay. 83, yeah. And you look spry. Come on. I, I told um, Abby, nobody leaves a screening faster than Mark. Mar- I mean, oh, is that I right? Mean, Ezra well, Miller I, I, played I get the out Flash, of there pretty fast. But yeah, you would have been true. a cheaper option than Ezra. Come on. But we're showing this movie. It's eighty. It's young Kurt Russell. I think Ooh. with the, oh, yeah, the right. Apple I didn't TV. Realize that. He's on a great Apple TV Plus series called Monarchs: The Legacy of Monsters. So we get to see him about forty years younger. We get Keith David, all these character actors, and essentially they're in a- Antarctica, trapped with this alien that takes human form after it just it kills you. So. Creepy. I could be the thing right now in your studio, and you would never know it. <laughs> and so that's the plan. We're going to show some movies. We have kind of a tentative schedule. Next month, we're going to show Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing, another movie I just have not seen in so Forever. long. Here's a clip of that. Who told you to step on my sneakers? Who told you to walk on my side of the block? Who told you to be in my neighborhood? I own this brownstone. Who told you to buy a brownstone on my block in my neighborhood on my side of the street? I can't even hear myself think. Uh, I, I'm a Spike fan, you know. Uh, yeah. There, there's some stuff that that he's done that I've not been a fan of, but you know, that was pretty innovative stuff when Spike Lee did do the right thing. It just didn't feel like a movie. It felt no. like you were just in somebody's neighborhood for two hours, and you had Danny Aiello, who was just so great in everything he was in, like yeah. the '70s, the '80s, the '90s, just a commanding presence. And John Turturro, and Spike was actually in that one. So you have all these actors, and that's the thing we, we want to see these. Like, Kurt Russell's great now, but what was he like back in the 80s? Can you right. experience him and his, you know, he, I gotta, I gotta say, you know, I, I have a lovely wife, but watching Kurt Russell, I, I, you know, I, I get a little sweaty. I the see, guy's I, a good yes. looking man. He is a handsome man. man. A little man crush. Yeah, and look, I he, he has that. not aged that poorly either. Now he's acting with his kids. So. Yeah, he looks good. And so, he seems nice. Yeah, he seems like a good dude. Yeah. The guy can have a, you know, beer at the bar with. But the idea over the next year is for us to maybe tackle movies like. Heat, maybe, which is my old-timer, and the fact that it's generating sequel talk. I have read the book that it's based on. Buff and I spent, like, he came over to my house one time. This was like a year and a half Uh ago. We're just hanging out. We're talking movies, and he's like, oh, oh, you got to watch this. I can't remember the the series that breaks down these um, scenes in movies. He made me, like, he sat, he's at my house. He's like, you're going to watch this right now, and it was the Michael Mann breakdown from Heat, right? He basically picked... The street in Los Angeles where all that sound would echo off these buildings. And they were shooting rounds. They were just going crazy. And he he sent these guys to train with the 
L.A. County Sheriff's Department. He said by the end of their training, Pacino and De Niro could outshoot these the real Holy ones. Holy cow. Just because that's Michael Mann. So I'm excited about that. By the way, did you see Ferrari and did you like it? I loved it. Okay. I thought it's Ooh. Adam Driver, his best performance. It's yet. Michael Mann directed. Really? That's why I asked. Well, yeah, yeah, because you know you got to think he's been really good. And so I think him and, and Marriage Story and him and this are kind of it's just fighting. Getting better and better. Yeah, yeah. you know, Penelope Cruz is a, is a force of nature. And Patrick Dempsey, who does Ooh. all that, he's been a... You know, well, a he's pro driver. Dreamy, yeah. Come on. My gosh, he's Maybe a brain surgeon. It. He's a car racer. What else does he do? Is right? he gonna, does he invent coffee too? It's I like the Dempsey you. effect. But no, he's great. He's got gray hair in the movie. He plays this old Italian racer. He complains to him driver about no ashtray being in his race car. Oh, that's funny. He's like, why is there no ashtray in my race car? It's like, well, you're going 200 miles an hour. <laughs> and the movie is just, it's great. But we're going to try to show, like, I'm thinking Shawshank Redemption. We're going to ask be- about Ooh. that. Yeah. I want to show with Scorsese and, you know, and the Killers of the Flower Moon, I want to show uh, The Color of Money. With Paul Newman oh, and Cruz. Yes. I never saw Just, that. That's a great it's movie. It's so good, and it still plays well. I, it does play well. I watched that Cruise one about 10 years ago. before he was Cruz, too. Yeah. I think when he was still trying to prove something. So, Well, you know, this is what I love about this, Dan, and, and Sue knows this because I've talked about it a little bit passionately. And you know, Dan and I have known each other for a little while, and I went to screenings, as he referred to. For the record, everybody, see... Mark loves 1917 more than everybody. <laughs> uh, Maybe Sam Mendes and then Mark is oh, like 1A. So I did love that movie. Though. You did. You told me. You yeah. text like, Dan, did you watch this movie? Uh-huh. Yes. But, I, you know, <laughs> here's the thing. I did it for 30 years, and then COVID comes along, and, and I just got thrown off my rhythm, and yeah. my daughter was getting older, and then Channel 4 backed off on their show. But I bring it up because I have just lost my interest in so many of these new movies because of all the social justice, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But I did this, and I think I told you this, Dan. Last summer, and it went on for several months, and I'm I'm willing to pick it up again, because summer hit, there wasn't as many streaming things. I started watching, I started with Tootsie. So it was an 80s yeah. movie. But then I went back and I watched The Conversation. And That's I watched one. Chinatown. And I watched, um, mean and some, some of these movies I had seen before and some I hadn't. Yeah. But I went through this 70s binge. And these were movies that really held up. I'd never seen The Conversation with Gene Hackman. That was a great movie. I wish he'd come back. Even if I know. he's right? really, yeah. I want him and Clint Eastwood. They're both in their 90s I to do a him. road movie. That'd be great. Just but write it. I, in this this <laughs> takes my concept to say, hey, let's go back and watch some classic movies. Put them on the big screen. Takes it a step further. I love because it. Because I think for me, I of course I don't. I haven't had a chance to watch a lot of these movies on the big screen. It'd be great to watch The Color of Money or even like an, an early early like Stallone movie. Like to watch the first Rocky again Ooh, on the big that'd screen. Be cool. I just think you know that would be cool. You, it's uh-huh. what happened to the movies in the last four years. Is that it's just too many. So the event movie at the theaters died. And so we have to kind of plug that into something and, you know, amplify it up. And I hope that Great Films St. Louis, second year, a little more younger. I think our first year roster is great, but I think our second and third so year the web- roster is So what's be the great. website for the group then? It, it's basically Gallery of Six websites. Uh, Gallery of Six All the information's website. up there. Okay. Right up there. It's not just Thursday. They show it on Saturday and Sunday as well. It used to be just Thursday night at 7 p.m. That's the first showing. January 11th, but then they'll show it on the weekend for people that can't make it in. Oh, that's smart. And so imagine spending a Sunday with, like, the thing, you well, know? especially during winter. Yeah. That's so keep us posted as you move on and you St. book Louis some of these. might look like Antarctica when you come out. <laughs> so I have to, while you're here, um, and I have audio cut of the day and a really good one coming up, so I have to allow for enough time, but I have not had a conversation with you about last year's films, and I want to focus on one in particular mm-hmm. because, and Dan, you know, I was always a little bit maybe of an outlier sure. on some of these films compared to some critics, uh, but 
I like Greta Gerwig in Noah Baumbach, and yeah. I've been a fan of Greta's for a long time. I watched Barbie a few weeks ago. I had not seen it. Mm-hmm. Buff, I thought it was terrible. I didn't think it was you funny. Didn't like it? I didn't like it at all. That movie now, almost made me cry. Well, so this I don't get it. I don't understand. My almost. niece said the same thing. What? Explain it to me. Now I'm I'm also someone who firmly believes in um, I'll tell you moods how I play see a role. It. If you connect with a movie in a certain I'll way, like Almost Famous played. was one of my favorite movies ever because I connected with that movie on a personal I level. I will sum this up in one minute. Okay. Months leading up to it, I was like, I'm not seeing this movie. I mocked it on social media. I was like, No, I'm sorry. I love I love it, but. I watched it and I was floored because it was a female Truman show. It was a woman that is stuck in a time where maybe, you know, it's great. That's not a bad analogy. And, yeah. and, and the females in her world were like, the, they ruled. The men were just the victims. But I think that what, in her story, she was oblivious to that. And then she gets to go to the real world. And then I think the thing that really made it hit for me was the real Pearlman thing at the end. Where she tells her, do you? I didn't get that far. Do you really? Do you, <laughs> well, she asks her, and it's a great question. Do you want to stay in this dream world, or do you want to go in the real world? Because in the, out there, you're going to die, but you're going to feel everything. And I'm sitting there thinking about my my parents and my family. I'm like, ah, this is getting to me. And my wife looks at me and goes, Are you like no? And I was kind of getting well, emotional. Well, you connected with it. Okay. So, Mark, it gets kind of snuck up. I, I called it like the Sucker Punch movie of the year. It just I was like, no way. I'm going to hate this movie. But is that an awards caliber movie? You know, for me, it kind of is. But for me, my movie is The Holdovers last year. That's my number yeah. one. Yeah, I want to see it. It's heard... so great. But also, I can see why and people that's Alexander love Payne, right? That's Alexander and he's Payne. He's one of my favorites. You know, I started watching Alexander Payne movie. By the way, yeah. you can go way back. Election? With, uh, yeah. I watched Election. But do you remember the movie before that? Which one? Oh, what the hell is it called? The abort- It was an abortion-themed movie, yeah. and it was a hell of a movie with yeah. Laura Dern. I'm and have Sideways, to look that you know, where he Sideways just, is a great it movie. It made me want to drink wine, and I didn't even like wine at the time, but this that's a great movie. But so I, have you ever seen Election? Reese I Witherspoon, don't think Matthew so. Yeah. Uh, not all the way yeah, through. Yeah, Reese Witherspoon. It's, kind of, it, it's a movie that's going to kind of make you laugh and kind of make you mad. That's but fair. yeah, Barbie kind of sucker punched me, but uh, there's a crowd that kind of likes it, and there's a crowd that doesn't like it, but I just want to make sure everybody knows that you can be... John Wick Chapter 4 and be Oscar-worthy. I just want to get that out in the world. <laughs> action films should be celebrated just as much as the serious Well, movies. I'm with you on yeah. that. You know, I, I was I well, thought it was significant yeah. because when Guardians of the Galaxy came out, that early August yeah. release, and I was blown away, that was my number one movie of yeah. that year, and there was it nothing wrong up. with, with you know doing what? that. Sue, that was his sucker punch movie. It he was, was like, his sucker punch movie. He was like, Guardians, movie. this guy from Parks and Rec's going to be Star-Lord? Get out of here. And then you left and you thought, that raccoon was Bradley Cooper? Yeah, that's And by fun. the way, a great performance, two sides from Cooper as getting the meat of that Guardians 3 as Rocket and then playing Maestro. So good so job So what do you think Cooper. of Maestro? I haven't watched that one yet. I really liked it. I think it was a little uneven story-wise, but the symphony scene at the end where he rocks it, that kind of made, that was the swish that it needed. And also Carrie Mulligan and Cooper, they really had something. Awesome. Citizen Ruth is the film that I'm referring to. Now, yeah. I haven't watched this movie in a long time, but it, it tackles... Remember Christopher Nolan's kind of earlier movie, Wide Awake? Nobody talks about no, that. I saw that one. I think it was before Insomnia, but yeah, but they all had that Alexander first movie. Alexander Payne did About Schmidt, Sideways, yeah. um, oh, The Schmidt. Descendants, which I loved. Yeah, Clooney running down the street in sandals. That I love that movie. <laughs> Dan Buffett, it's so good to see you yeah, in person. Man. i got to run off to Audio Cut of the Day. Thanks for but, having uh, me. Tell folks where they can find all your entertainment well, stuff as well. It's a Ramble On Buffett, a Substack newsletter. I get to write how I write. I get to do podcasts and kind of just blend that sports entertainment world together. So that's where I'm at. 
And I'm also on Facebook well, and social I, media. You know I'm a fan. I love you. You got yeah. you're never shy with your opinions. No. I love your your hot takes on, you know, sports. Yeah. So I appreciate that. But it's good to see you in person. Yeah. Happy New Year. Have a good one. Yeah. All right, Same thank you. you. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Friday night, wrapping up with a little Depeche Mode. As we take you into the weekend, the weekend kind of got here relatively fast, didn't it, Sue, because of the uh, yeah. the shortened week? I think we have, I don't know if you're ready for this. Next week, now it's not going to continue into the next week, but we have to work five straight days in a row I next week, Sue. discuss that. But in all time. seriousness, I don't think I've worked five straight days in a row since November because I went to Las Vegas I had a bit of a family crisis that I was dealing with, and then Christmas came. So a little shock to the system. Yeah, the five days will be a shock, and we'll get I don't look it. forward. Pray for us, listeners. Yes, Pray please. for us. We're, we're going to be. I mean, I always love, um, and hopefully people understand that I'm, you know, kind of joking there. But I don't really work as hard as many of you do, and I do have an appreciation for that. So I'm saying it a little bit with my tongue firmly implanted in my cheek, if you will, right? The five days in a row stuff. Let's do audio cut of the day here. This is a good one today. Playback ready. Now, the audio cut of the day. Sponsored by my friends at the Good Feet Store, where it's all about comfort, energy, performance, and pain relief. All right, so i got to take you back a couple of days. This was the audio cut of the day, I believe, on, um, might have been Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday. Might have been Wednesday. I don't know. It doesn't really matter at this point. Washington Post reporter trying to play gotcha with Vivek Ramaswamy. Do you condemn white supremacy and white nationalism? I mean, what this guy, who are you with? Which, which, Washington, Washington Post. All right. So, yeah. Potato, potato. Right. Okay. Of course, I condemn any form of vicious racial discrimination in this country. So he goes on and on. And he really, uh, I think he doubled down on some of the stuff and did an exceptional job with this reporter. You didn't say that you condemn white supremacy. I'm not, I'm not going to recite some catechism for you. I'm against vicious racial discrimination in this country. So. All right. So then he, he went on from there. It was really good. But then you have an NBC reporter who decides, you know, he's doing interviews with, with everyone. I, I give him credit because he's very... Um, transparent and he's not afraid to back down. And I said this earlier, too. he's the kind of guy I'm kind of liking a little bit more every time I, I hear, especially he's when he lays smart. out the media on this. So here's the line of questioning from this NBC reporter. Talk about what, uh, white supremacy and what happened last night for a moment, because when you were talking to reporters last night, you called white supremacy a myth. When someone asked you about Dylan Roof, you said you didn't know who that is. Have you looked up what happened in 2015? Yeah, yeah look, I, I, I've said I've, I said this last night. Invidious racial discrimination is wrong no matter how it happens. But if a Washington Post reporter is asking me almost like a catechism, whatever question I said, I'm against invidious racial discrimination, whatever form it takes, but says, do you denounce white supremacy? It's incumbent on us for us to define what white supremacy is. I wrote my book, Woke Inc., and I've written about the detailed understanding of what the popular 
understanding of these terms have come to mean. They're so hung up on white supremacy. And Dylan Ruth was the uh, the idiot who shut up the church. And this was back in, in 2015. And yeah, he was like a neo-Nazi white supremacist. But let's let's face it. There's a lot of mass shooters that are not white supremacists. In fact, I'd say more of them are trans these days, as we've come to find out. I don't know what that means, but he goes on here. Do you believe punctuality? Oh, this I got to set this up a little bit better because I'm, I'm hoping that people understand this. When it comes to white supremacy, you, and I've highlighted this many times over the years here, it's no longer um, appropriate or proper if you are not, and I said this yesterday too, it's not okay just to be someone who thinks people of color, everyone's equal. You have to be anti-racist. You have to be active, right? That's how these BLM leaders, Ibram Kendi, et cetera, that's how they view the world right now. So when it comes to white supremacy, they define everything as white supremacy. Yeah. Everything. And he, and this is, this is real. And I don't even think the reporter on NBC realizes how real it is. So he shoots her this series of questions that are considered white supremacy. Do you believe punctuality is a vestige of white supremacy, Dasha? Yeah. Do you believe showing up on time to a meeting? That is described by Kendi and others as white supremacy. How is that? Uh, well, because white people, I don't know, Sue. I'm telling this, this is. It's just time. Yeah. yeah. Look. Because if you, you don't, then you have a disagreement about many of the people who are defining those terms or the written word or the use or the nuclear family. Yeah. You, if you if you write properly math, remember, math is racist. You can't. That's discriminatory. If you're giving math problems to white and black kids and people of color, all the same ones. Come on. This is I, these aren't my words. These are the words of intellectual proponents from Ibram Kendi to the Ayanna Presley's to BLM that have said these are vestiges well, of white supremacy. So Mr. Ramos, we can't have it both this ways. Do, we have to have you an choose, honest you discussion. You straw man arguments. Not, Last night, you, you, you brought up Jesse Smollett as the, the best Jussie example Smollett of white supremacy. was the supremacy. hottest thing in news in the back of a fake yes. actual attack on him. All right, so that's important, too, because, yeah, he does bring up Jesse Smollett, because let's not forget, in the aftermath, and some of us sniffed this up pretty quickly, by the way, in the aftermath of that, it was blasted on CNN, NBC, oh, yeah. CBS, New York Times, white supremacist, beat up actor, right? And then we find out that now he hired two black dudes to act like they were MAGA people to beat him up. And to this day, this is kind of like, I, I really do think it's like Mike Brown. There are people even in our own community that think that he was shot in the back with his hands up, right? Yeah. Ignorant people. Same thing with these other stories as well. And Vivek does a really good job of exposing this. Contend with. And, this is and actually, yet, and yet you have examples the like the Buffalo shooter data. in New York just in cherry 2022. Picked. You have other but examples. But you are also cherry picking when you bring I'm, up Justice So I'll look, I'll look at all of the statistics. More black Absolutely. on black crime. If you really care about actual crime against black Americans, let's get to the root causes of it in the inner cities of this look, country. He goes on here. I'm going to skip one bite because I think he closes strong with this um, this chick from NBC. And by the way, one thing that was interesting, the visuals here are not possible on the radio. But this Dasha person who's the interviewer who gets here's what I would say about that. You heard her tone. Yeah. OK, two things. I'll go back to that. She's sitting next to a woman who looks like maybe she's an intern and she's just sitting there with this stoic look on her face. And it's really, really bizarre. But let me say this about Dasha. OK. Wouldn't it be, it'd be one thing if she is, you hear the aggression in her voice, oh, yeah. right? It'd be one thing if she was that aggressive with uh, Joe Biden or Democrats, right? right? But that's not what they do. No. They yell at Republicans because right. they don't believe that Republicans are, um, are people that believe in, you know, anti-racism, things like that. So they're not good enough. So I'd love to see Dasha do a real interview with somebody else. But I think that uh, there's a spike of the ball here by Vivek. Racism has been a major problem for most of our national history. But we're getting close to the promised land that Martin Luther King envisioned. We're as darn close to it as we ever have been. 
And so what bothers the heck out of me is it's right when we're close to that promised land. Martin Luther King said it. I may not get there with you, and he didn't get there with us. But I think it desecrates the legacy of our civil rights movement. It does. Desecrates the legacy of Martin Luther King. That right when we get closest to the point of having racial equality and gender equality and even opportunities for people of minorities of many types, are we perfect? No. But are we as close as we've ever been? Yes, we have. To then obsess over systemic racism, to then obsess over white guilt and otherwise, we're creating new waves of racism, Dasha, that we otherwise would have avoided right when we're closest to having achieved what even the proponents of the civil rights movement would have dreamed of. He is so right about that. And let me tell you the moment where it started turning in the other direction. And we're going to celebrate the the 10-year anniversary, August 9th, 2014, Mike Brown shot. Everything regarding race relations went in the opposite direction at that point, and it's gone that way ever since. Even Barack Obama was able to admit progress when it comes to race in this country. Black guy was elected president. But that's not good enough for any of them on the progressive side. It's disgusting. Hey, we'll leave on a positive note. Have a great weekend. Hell of a show today. Get more at 971talk.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 